Welcome to the SaaS Sad Lab podcast where we bring to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Iggy. He is the head of growth over at Takas. And he's going to give us a little bit more of background on that. But thank you so much for being on here today. And I know that they, uh, everyone on the team wanted to provide anyone that's listening or watching to this episode with a discount code for the product. And that's going to be LEMTALK30. And we'll talk a little bit more about that specifically. But it's going to be L-E-M-T-A-L-K 30. Uh, and you'll get 30% off the first three months, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. So, Ogie, thank you so much for being on here. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, um, and a little bit more of how you ended up working with Takas. Uh, thank you very much, Luis, for hosting me here. Well, I'm coming from Serbia. Uh, right now, I'm 20 years old. Uh, okay. So, I started, let's say, my entrepreneurial career when I was 16. Uh, I started, some, let's say, a little startup in Belgrade with two of my friends. Uh, we were basically building the platform for quick and easy finding of appropriate bars and restaurants in Belgrade. So, I mean, it was really amazing. Uh, of course, we failed after a year <laughs> or so. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was a great, really great experience. And okay. you know, when you have 16 years, uh, it was r something really, really important to us. Uh, because we gave up of our nightlife, uh, right. hanging out with friends and all that kind of things. And we learned uh, too much in that period. So mm -hmm. uh, basically that was something that, let's say, kick-started my entire career. Uh, later after that, I started doing some, let's say, freelance work. At the beginning, I was all, only offering uh, social media services to the small and medium businesses in Serbia, but after some time I gave up because they didn't want to pay or they were paying too low and it basically wasn't worth of my efforts and time. And then uh, two or three years ago in August, uh, one, may, one man uh, reached out to me and asked me, hey, uh, Uglesha, would you like to be a content writer for me? And I was like, okay, uh, I never wrote any piece of content ever. Uh, and I actually hated that, but that guy offered me more money than any of the clients I had before. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's do that. And in that moment, I remembered the quote from Richard Branson. Mm -hmm. I think he said something like, if you get an amazing opportunity, um, don't hesitate to accept it. If you don't know how to do it, accept it and then learn how to do it on the go. So basically, yeah, that was the moment when I started to uh, write content for the B2B SaaS. So mm -hmm. I'm basically in this industry for almost every years now. Okay. Um, and to be honest, I'm still collaborating with that client. <laughs> or a couple of years a uh, few months ago we had one really really amazing product hunt launch so it was really really great uh, and after some time of course I started let's say kickstarting my career as the content writer for B2B SaaS businesses so mm -hmm. I worked with a lot of different clients uh, awesome. with some of them I still working well not me particular but I have the team of the 
freelancers to whom I'm outsourcing the majority of my work. So basically it's some, let's say the passive income, but I'm still keeping the high quality like when I'm writing it. So basically, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I somehow positioned myself as the organic user acquisition specialist because basically that's what content does at the end. You know, you write content, you have SEO, you have backlink building, and all of that is the organic growth that costs very, very, very little. So yeah. basically I became, let's say, a specialist in that field. And a couple of months back, uh, a friend of mine who is also from Belgrade and uh, who is the head of growth at Lamlist introduced me to Guillaume, uh, CEO of Lamlist, uh, Lampod and Talkos. And a couple of months back, we've decided to work together and to execute some crazy things mm -hmm. and to grow Talkos. Very cool. So... For anyone that hasn't, you know, been in the podcast for a while now, we actually interviewed Guillaume as one of the first people on the podcast, um, I believe. Great interview, great, great individual, uh, super smart. And uh, if anyone wants to listen more of his, go watch that interview as well. But uh, that's a very cool story. And it's nice to see, you know, how everything started with just like a smaller project when you were a pretty young person and you still are super young, which I think it's really interesting. Um, and it takes, I think, a specific, a specific kind of person to, you know, kind of put all the fun aside when you're just getting like, you know, started with your, you know, with your life, I guess. And, and instead of doing, you know, what everyone else is doing, which is going out, partying, hanging out with your friends and stuff like that, actually focusing on something that's going to have a later, you know, greater return for you, whether that is monetary or, you know, simply just uh, experience and doing different things and actually working towards goals and things like that. And that's similar to what I did too. I was never really attracted to, you know, like, let's go party and let's do all these things. I rather like work on something and, and see, you know, a greater return later on, which I think is what a lot of the people in the SaaS space are like. And that, I think that's why we all connect so well. Now tell us a little bit more essentially about Takas, right? So how long has the product been out and, and what has it looked like, um, you know, before you joined the team and now, now that you're part of the head of growth? <clears throat> well, uh, Talcos is live for, I think two or three years now. So it's a pretty, pretty, let's say, I mean, it's a little bit older product and a lot of work uh, is invested in, in it before. Uh, we have a strong user base and uh, a really, really nice MRR. Uh, Talcos is basically the live chat and help desk software built for Slack. Mm -hmm. So basically, you can't use Talcos without using the Slack. Uh, what that means in the practice? In the practice, uh, Talcos connects your email, live chat, Facebook, Twitter, even the SMS, and all the messages you get, you will receive them in your Slack channel, mm -hmm. and you can answer to all of them from your Slack, no matter where they came from. Uh, so basically, uh, let's say that Talcos is the intercom alternative for live chat. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have the features like you can build the FAQ page or you can build the automated messages. You can push notifications uh, on certain pages and all, all that kind of thing. So basically, 
basically the goal of Talcos is to keep everything in Slack. Uh, for example, we changed a product a lot a couple of months ago. Uh, we deleted a lot of features like analytics, for example, because we figured out that uh, some kind of features are taking people from Slack and we want to keep them inside the Slack. Uh -huh. so, uh, basically, uh, that's one of our, let's say, unique value propositions. Uh, like every live chat, customer uh, Talcos is great for lead generation, customer support, customer success, and all that kind of things. Uh, and basically, like I said, we have a really, really strong user base, uh, and they're with us for over uh, two years now, most of them. So basically, yeah, that, that's... Uh, a little bit about the Talcos itself. <clears throat> I mean, we can talk literally years about the Talcos, but in, this is the most important part of it. Mm -hmm. So basically, yeah, uh, I joined Talcos a couple of months back. Uh, and as a head of growth, of course, my goal is to improve conversions to grow revenue after all. Mm -hmm. I mean, ROI is the most important metric is the, right. in the past B2B. <clears throat> but uh, right now, uh, my biggest focus is on the content and organic growth because, okay. you know, that's something uh, that will pay off in the long game. Mm -hmm. And that's really something that we want to focus on right now at this moment. So basically, yeah, we already started to uh, <clears throat> have a really, really decent number of website visitors, conversions. Uh, not too much of them are coming from the SEO. It's too early for that. Yeah. But uh, we are really executing a great distribution. So, uh, I mean, we're using Road Hackers, LinkedIn, Quora, online communities, Slack communities, all that kind of things to distribute our content. And our content is, again, mostly, let's say, focused around two different, three different topics. Mm -hmm. One of them is Slack, actually. Uh, the other one is customer support. And the third one is lead generation. Because Talcos has uh, use cases in all of these right. departments, verticals, let's say. Also, I forgot to mention, uh, Talcos is soon going to be rebranded to lambtalk.com. Because like I said, we are the part of the Lamb family. Uh, we have three different projects, so Lampod, Lamlist as the main one, and soon it will be Lamtop. Very yeah. cool. Now, you mentioned, you know, having content being one of the biggest pushes of you coming on board and, and really like your main focus right now. I know that, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're talking distribution channels, like a lot of people mainly think, you know, like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and, and, you know, like, top of mind that's really all there is but I know that a lot of these you know platforms also they when it comes to organic you know content they tend to throttle you because they have the ad platforms and they obviously want you to start throwing money into advertisement what are the most successful platforms and, and really like I guess growth hacks if you want to call them that you've used and implemented in order to start getting more out of all that content without having to essentially put you know dollars behind it uh, basically, uh, I'm doing content distribution for a long time right now. 
And to be honest, for uh, two years, uh, my clients never invested more than, let's say, $1,000 overall for the, mm -hmm. all the clients I had. So basically, we are using the, let's say, these organic methods all the time. Right. Uh, Growth, Growth Hackers is really, really great platform for kickstarting your content, especially if you, at the end of the day, manage to be in their newsletter. Um, let's say some approximate, uh, let's say, uh, views number we get on the Growth Hackers right now is around 1,500 to 2,000 views, and that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, of course, not all of them will click and go to your article and read it uh, at all, but it's a pretty good, let's say, number. A great platform is also Zest. Don't yeah. know why you're familiar with that. Yeah, yeah Zest. You've also been on the podcast as well. I had a um, blanket on his name right now, but they were he was on here. Yem Regev. Yeah, Regev yeah, yeah. yeah, he was on the podcast as well. Super smart guy also. Yeah, uh, Zest is another really, really great platform for content distribution. What I like about Zest is that there are literally thousands and thousands of people who might be interested in your content. And almost all of them are some kind of influential people in terms of like their CMOs, head of growth, head of marketing, and all that kind of things. So it's pretty, pretty great, great platform for the content that has a huge potential for conversions. Totally. And I think one of the cool things about Cest is that, you know, it's not a social platform. Like you're not there to talk to other people. They made it strictly as a place for you to actually go and like consume content. You know, like if you want to go and read about, you know, SaaS growth strategies, or if you want to read Legion, then you have all the different, you know, tags on the side that you can click on and it filters everything out for you. So it's very specifically, you know, targeted for people that actually want to consume content. So I think that's one of the biggest, um, you know, I guess key, uh, actions that you can do inside of says is that you like, people are actually there to, to read or, or listen or whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, basically Zest is like the, open library for the marketing and the sales folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, that's the reason why I like Zest too much. Uh, other great platforms for content distribution are Quora. I think that nothing can beat Quora in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, even today I have, uh, I mean, I receive, uh, hundreds of views on the posts that I wrote two years ago. I mean, uh, it's really, really uh, great distribution channel. Uh, so yeah, I mean, these three platforms are usually the, let's say, main source of the distribution that I'm doing. But there is also another, let's say, thing that I like to do for some particular articles, not all of them only the ones that I think will really, really skyrocket. Uh, I really like to email people who might be interested in the article. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm doing that with, <clears throat> let's say, two main goals. One of them is to get backlink. Uh, and backlinks are super, super important. 
-hmm. uh, and the other one is to build really great relationships. Yeah. So I, I'm usually uh, finding those people uh, by using the Ahrefs, Mangools, or any other SEO tool, and by looking at the companies and the websites who linked to a similar content, like I just published. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm also sometimes writing down the names uh, while, let's say, searching in the communities or something like that. And then I found out some uh, guy who is really, really passionate about, let's say, lead generation and who really talks a lot about lead generation in the Facebook communities, for example. Yeah. And then I have a little document with all those categories, customer support, lead generation, user onboarding, and I just write his name besides that, company, email, and all that kind of things. And then when I have such something that might be interesting for him, I send him the email. And uh -huh. it usually pays off. Very cool. That's awesome. Now, one thing that really stood out to me, obviously, was the fact that, well, on the website, right, it, it's talking about Taka's now uh, or soon-to-be Lem Talk focuses mainly on small businesses, right? Your SMBs. Now, I, I don't know essentially, like, are you talking about SMBs within the tech world or just any SMB? Because the reason I'm asking is, you know, from my experience, I don't think that a lot of small businesses are using Slack as, you know, something that internally within them. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, the new website copy is going to be ready soon and the new redesign. Uh, but that's actually a pretty good question. Uh, <clears throat> our, let's say, main positioning are the SMBs from the internet, software, and SaaS world. Gotcha. Uh, because like you said, uh, they are the companies who will most probably use the Slack for their day-to-day communication. But in our user base, but I mean, that's not the role. You always have... So someone who likes to stand out. We have companies who are not from the tech sector at all. Right. So, yeah, our, let's say, idle bio persona are the SaaS and uh, tech companies. Okay, got it. I, I've never thought about it, but is there a different name for SMBs that are specifically in the tech sector? Well, the only name that came to my mind are startups. Yeah. So, I think that would be it because yeah, like that, that's one thing that kind of, you know, it didn't necessarily throw me up, but it's something that I was thinking about, like how, you know, when you're talking about small businesses, if you, if you're targeting people that only use Slack, then that number might be pretty small. If you're talking, you know, like your mom and pop shop on the, on the corner that's selling pizzas or something like that. So it's, it's, I think that it's definitely something that will have to be, you know, I think refined and it's probably something that you guys are already working as per you said earlier. Yeah. Um, what are some of the hardest things that you've been, you know, seeing as far as like, I guess, content distribution, you know, like you found obviously the ways to, to put together, you know, the content that you want and the platforms that you want to distribute that content. But aside from that, what are some of the challenges that you're currently facing, you know, when, when putting together a content piece or something like that? Well, <clears throat> for me, uh, I mean, it's, always been and it will always be the biggest challenge is the ROI of the content itself mm -hmm. because I think it's really 
not so measurable. It's so, not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's really, really hard to predict how much money some particular piece of content will bring, especially because, like I said, it's the long-term play game. So right. basically that's the one of the biggest problems with the content itself. Uh, and I'm not ashamed to say that even today, I mean, I have articles that I wrote and that didn't brought any customer. Right. Even the zero leads, not customers, the leads. So, mm -hmm. uh, but of course, uh, I mean, I think it's like investing. So uh, you have uh, 10 companies in your portfolio and the nine of them will probably fail, mm -hmm. but uh, the 10th will uh, pay back you everything for, for, from the first nine of them. And plus you will earn even more. So, yes. uh, basically that's the biggest struggle, uh, struggle that content brings. And the other one is, of course, uh, making the content optimized for the conversions. Mm -hmm. And again, that's something that you never know uh, because, you know, you can't uh, replicate the same strategies from one piece to content to another one. Right. Uh, in terms of, oh, uh, I put the call to action here, now I'll put it here and all that kind of things. So basically it's something, uh, it's the game trading and you need to think about it every single time. Right, that makes sense. Now, I, I wanna start to, I wanna, wanna start calling it Lemtalk since that's, you know, the rebrand. So, um, you know, as far as Lemtalk goes, what are some of the key features that, you know, people are, are you know, liking the most? Well, basically, uh, the biggest advantage of Lamtalk is that that you can do almost anything from Slack. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, uh, that's the main reason why the our users are using our product. I mean, uh, in the terms of the product, I'll be honest with you: every live chat is the same. Yeah. I mean, you have the snippet call to just copy paste it, put it in the header, and uh, you will have the live chat widgets. I mean, it's basically dull and boring and same from the competitor to competitor. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, like I said, the main thing where the users are using us is because we are really, really built for Slack. I mean, we don't have the Slack integration. Uh, we are really built for, for it and <clears throat> Slack is the core of our business. Mm -hmm. Very cool. What are some of the challenges that come with that? Um, you know, is it, and I don't know if you have the answer because I guess you wouldn't necessarily be in, in the tech side of things, right? But are there any things that Slack is doing that kind of, you know, put you a step back? Well, uh, <clears throat> let's say that from the tech side, I honestly really don't know because uh, from the moment when I came to the company, we didn't work too much on the product itself uh, because we are planning the website redesign and rebranding and that is our primary focus right now. Uh -huh. 
so uh, I honestly really don't know how the Slack's APIs and all that kind of things are working. Uh, from the marketing side, um, it's, to be honest, uh, not bad. I mean, they're not holding us back. Yeah. Um, because, you know, uh, basically, in one way, we are promoting Slack. Totally. So basically, uh, we are not bringing customers just to us. We are also bringing, bringing the customers to them and yeah. we are improving their brand awareness. So uh, basically, right now, we don't have any problems around that. Mm -hmm. Do users that are using Talkas or LemTalk, do they have to be on any specific kind of plan with Slack or can they just use a free version? Free version. Okay, awesome. Now, I, I kind of want to go back a little bit more into content. Uh, in your experience, what's been the best, you know, performing type of content is in something like an ebook, an article, uh, a blog post? What is your, your preferred, you know, type of content that you like to put out? Yeah, basically, uh, for me, the type of content that had the most conversions was, I, I mean, is usually the article. Mm -hmm. So, I honestly never really worked on the ebooks. Uh, so, I mean, I'm usually focused just on the articles. I mean, I did some ebooks from the like, like some, let's say, side hustle, but nothing too important. Uh, that was the most effective for me. Uh, it's literally the article I wrote once for user pilot mm -hmm. called app cues alternatives okay so basically it was a really really honest feedback of me and of the user pilot team about the best alternatives to app cues and uh, that article is published i think uh, it became uh, the first article on the on the Google. So basically it's bringing a lot of leads and a lot of people are converted from that article and it really, really brings a lot of great results. Okay. So is it, you know, do people typically like to read long form articles or they like list bullet points? Uh, do they like to see like alternatives, you know, like where they're comparing, let's say, uh, Lem talk with a different, you know, live chat provider or, do you do you prefer to do anything or do you like to pretty much just you know try them all um and and kind of mix things up instead of always showing the same type of content well uh basically that mostly depends on the type of your industry and on your idle by person rules in content <clears throat> let's say while i'm right the these uh, I'm usually writing the long form content mm. uh, describing deeply each of the tools and uh, at the end I'm usually giving a well designed and also in deep comparison table so for those who don't want to read the entire article they could just jump on the table at the bottom and find out what they need. But right. for those who want, let's say, more detailed information, I mean, there is a content. I mean, uh, I'm usually writing around 
1,000 and I don't know, 500 words for each alternative. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's a really, really long article. I think that that particular one, Abkhuz Alternatives, has around 5,000 words mm -hmm. with five alternatives. So it's basically really, really long. And it goes deep, right? So like people believe it and, and it's not like, you know, I'm just trying to put my like, like it's giving an honest alternative and, and you know, like what are really the options that are out there instead of just putting your product and telling, you know, like, we're obviously biased, so go buy this one because we made it. Yeah, and basically what's the secret sauce of these alternative articles is that before writing them, we actually really, really try the tool, tool from the customer's perspective. Uh -huh. um, and we document everything that we like and everything that we don't like. So uh, when we find some problems, uh, we write them down. Uh, when we find something that it's really, really great, we also write it down. And at the end of the article, we write, okay, so uh, right now we have five alternatives and user pilot is the best for you if, etc. cetera. Uh, Chameleon will be best for you if you want to uh, create employee onboarding sentences and mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. So it's basically not promotional at all. Right. And that's, it's really honest and objective. That's awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of like a personal questions uh, section here. Uh, what are some of the things that, you know, you've learned throughout this entire process? Uh, from, let's say, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial uh, journey, uh, from that side of the story, let's say, uh, the most important thing that I learned uh, is that time and money are equally important resources. Uh -huh. So uh, basically, if you don't have time, but you have money, you basically won't do anything mm -hmm. and vice versa. Uh, that's one of the most important things I learned. Uh, and basically, uh, my mentor, at my first startup told me that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and he told me that while giving me a, some, let's say small investment of a couple of thousand euros, which was really, really big for me for a 16 year old kid. Yes. So, yeah, that's one of the most important things I learned. And uh, other one is more like, let's say from the motivational spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's a fluff, but it's really true. And never give up and uh, be hustle. And uh, don't, let's say, don't work in the theory. Execute things uh -huh. because execution is what's really important. I mean, uh, you can watch uh, thousands of different courses about digital marketing and lead generation, for example. But if you don't actually try something from these courses, you really won't go too long. 100%. So basically, uh, yeah, these two are my top advices for entrepreneurs and marketeers. Cool. That was actually going to be the, the, the next question is what is your one piece of advice for someone looking to start their SaaS company or, you know, anyone that's in this space. So uh, you already answered that now. 
Uh, what okay, are so, uh, if I let, let's give my advice from the business side. Okay. Uh, from the business side, um, the most important thing is really to know your ideal buyer persona. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I say that, uh, I I mean on really create your ideal buyer persona. I mean, give her a name, uh, give her an image. Uh, imagine that it's a real person. And uh, whatever you do, uh, whether you're writing the website copy content, writing the outreach sequences or social media posts, think about that idle buyer persona and step into its shoes. You know, when you write the sales copy email, uh, step into its shoes and ask yourself, okay, uh, if I'm the potential customers, customer, will I be hooked on this sales letter right. and this sales email? So basically, I think that's the, one of the most important things in business, especially because today the markets are overcrowded, literally. Oh. I mean, uh, in my space, in live chat space, there is literally hundreds of different products and apps. And they and, keep coming out every day, right? Like you, you'll see new ones come up every single day. So that's another thing to think about too. It's not even just the ones that are there, but the fact that more yeah. and more keep joining you yeah definitely i mean in the crm or the project management space as well i mean whenever i see on facebook or linkedin that someone launched a new project management tool i, I am like oh boy what are you doing yeah. <laughs> you know so and uh positioning is really important in this overcrowded market mm -hmm. and knowing who is your ideal persona will really really help you to position uh, yourself uh, as best as you can. Mm -hmm. Totally. Now, one of the last questions here, what are some of your favorite companies and they cannot be part of the Lem family. Okay. So, you know, they, they have to be just any, any company that you look up to that you think, wow, like they're totally just killing it. They're, they're, you know, doing everything I wish I could be doing or everything that I want to be doing at some point. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I won't mention the big companies because there is a lot of big companies like HubSpot, for example. Yeah. I mean, these guys are really killing it. Or Drift. I mean, Drift is really amazing. I mean, I was writing a lot about user onboarding, retention, user psychology, and all that kind of things. And HubSpot and Drift uh, are the companies I used to mention too much because uh -huh. they really have a lot of examples of in-app experiences and all that kind of things. <clears throat> uh, when we look at some, let's say, smaller companies, I really like what Chanty is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, Olga, their marketing director, I think, uh, she's doing a really, really great job. And uh, I mean, her content is, I don't know, it's really great. I mean, yeah. I can't explain how great her content is. Uh, and I will be honest, uh, I took the idea about the alternatives article from her because mm -hmm. uh, she wrote one article about Slack alternatives and that article is really mind-blowing. Yeah. So I really think that 
Anti does a great job. Uh, from the other companies, oof, I mean, there is really a lot of them, uh, but I'm not trying to m mention some, let's say, too much popular ones. Um, I don't know. Uh, if I remember one, I will mention it. Sounds good. And uh, <laughs> Ogi, where can people find you online so that they can connect with you? If they have any questions, they can ask them to you. They can send you a message. I think you froze. Did you hear? Um, it, I will write you the, my entire name. Uh, so you can mention it in the description. Mm -hmm. uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, they can also message me on my email. <clears throat> it's uh, ugi at talcus dot uh, so yeah, you can contact me on LinkedIn and over the email. Uh, I'm planning to release my personal website for over a month now. Oh. <laughs> so, and I really don't have time to do that. I bought the domain and everything, but I think it will be soon. <laughs> awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah. And uh, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, how are you doing at Phantom Agency? How's Phantom doing? Phantom's doing great. Uh, we keep working with really cool companies. We're growing uh, and just providing as, as best of a, you know, I guess services we can to our clients. And that's one of the best things that we can do, right? It's really understanding, like putting ourselves on their feet, understanding what kind of problems they have and helping them with what it is that we specialize in, right? Which is paid advertising. Um, and a lot of, we like to do a lot of content distribution for them too. So helping them put like content pieces together, getting that out into the people. Um, like one of the things that we don't do is organic stuff. So it was nice to talk to you, you know, about more like what are the channels to distribute things? What is working best and stuff like that. So it's always nice to, to get different perspectives in from different experts in different, you know, areas of marketing, uh, so that we can, you know, see what kind of ways we can start implementing those sorts of things for our clients as well. Yeah, that's great. That's really great to hear. Cool. Agi. Well, it was an awesome interview. It was a pleasure having you. And uh, for anyone that's watching, again, you can use LemTalk30 for 30% off your first three months on LemTalk slash talk, talk us. Um, and uh, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook, pretty much anywhere. Uh, just look up Luis Camacho and you should find me. So uh, thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening to this episode. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.